Yo, 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 and what is up, everybody? And welcome back to week five of Behind the Sticks XFL with your boys, the host, Joshua Housetown Housel. And to my left is Ian Spaghetti Sicchetti. Say what's up, y'all. What is up, everybody? We are back together, back in studio after a long week apart. Um, I feel a lot better. I feel more comfortable. I'm more in my element. Reunited and it feels so good. To keep with our theme of singing from last week's musical episode. I mean, we know we have angelic voices of the choir, and that's why we have to bestow them to the public. And that's us, man. Doing it for the people. So this week of the XFL on our weekly roundup, let's just say they are not who they who we thought they were. Uh, yeah, If unless who you thought they were were the defenders, you'd be right, but that's not who we thought they were. Um, I'd say well, a majority of the people were. are on our side. I, I, I'd say it was a good battle between the two, but it was a rough week thinking about everything with what happened to the Roughnecks. Obviously, that's who we're talking about. They We crowned their asses. We did it a little too early. And, did it a little too early. And the defenders, dominant. The run game, unstoppable. I, I would love to tell you. tell me what team in this league is going to stop the defenders' run game. Uh, I don't know. And they they brought the sex back in sex FL because Abram Smith was like, watch me be sexy. He had some sexy runs out there. I'll admit it. Three tutties. That's a lot. All right, so the weekly roundup, Number as you alluded to. As you alluded to, the first game of the week was the Seattle Sea Dragons taking on the Roughnecks in Seattle. And uh, we'll <laughs> – just ruined our bet right off the first game here because we bet on Houston to win. Yeah, a very rough week for the uh, spaghetti betters. We were one and three. Did not do well this week. Four and oh, hyped myself up a little too much. So the only solace I'll take in this week is that I had a baby, as you know, born on Sunday right before the Bahamas game. Thank you, oh, thank yeah, you. Stole all that. <laughs> and uh, so I had the baby and I was like, fuck it. Uh, who cares about this this week? I'm not riding high, man. So, uh, but anyway, so the game, phenomenal game. Seattle started off early with those block punts. I mean, their defense was hungry. It, it was weird because a lot of the teams, the offense was the shaky part in the first couple weeks, and then they got it together. While the Sea Dragons looked like it was the defense because. I realistically, with this defense, when they were 0-2, if you went, yeah, they won back-to-back games scoring 15 points, I think. Like 15 and 21. Like, I would have thought they those were losses. Or did they put up 18 against the Brahmas? They got the dub, but it was still low scoring for how explosive their offenses are. So it was nice to see the D-line especially wreak some havoc there. Yeah, I know. They're, obviously, we talk about their turnovers a lot, but... We did think it was their defense, too, not coming up when they needed to. So it's nice to see that they have gotten things righted. The ship has been righted. So, uh, but, yeah, early on in the game, they blocked two punts. Or the first punt that they blocked, they turned that into a Danucci 20-yard touchdown run, which Danucci's got the legs. I was seeing that. That's why it was more of like what I was saying last week with the sack evasion and everything, like, Danucci, if he can get rid of the turnovers. Which he and, still cannot. And yelling at his teammates. Oh, yeah. Got some drama brewing in yeah. Seattle. I want to say drama for the Brahmas. This is not the Brahmas. But the bra- you need to be good to have drama. <laughs> that is It's, it's drama. discourse if you're bad. 
So a fun stat that they said on the television was that Seattle had been converting the most uh, third downs. Uh, excuse me, Houston was uh, the number one defense in the league against third downs, and Seattle was like all – I think they were like 7 of 12 of third downs this game, which is insane. I mean, that's really – That stat a, might not be right. It's I mean, disclaimer. even if it is, it's a testament to show – I'm drawing a blank on his first name, but the linebacker for the Roughnecks, Harris, league leader in sacks. It really shows the difference of losing your pass rush. And also when uh, John Trey Kirkland went down early in that game, yeah, like it's, it's hard to come back because Kirkland, as if you listen to the pod, we're a big fan of his. Like Kirkland's a big boy. And you know he's part of the offense because I'm pretty sure he threw the double pass last week. He did. So when you when you lose an integral part like that, it's understandable to see the drop-off. I will say, though, I forget who reported it, but I made a note of it in my brain while I was watching the game, that whoever was announcing it was like, John Trey Kirkland went to the locker room. He's back in street clothes. Not sure if he'll come back to this game. I was like, what, what he's going to just jump in there in his jeans. He's like, I'm ready, coach. Shoulders great once them pads is off. Like, <laughs> what? Why would you say? I don't know. Maybe I misheard it. Maybe I was drinking a little too much. Seattle's uh, defense then created a fumble. So they were really hot off the turnovers early on in this game, which is surprising because normally Seattle's on the other end of that. They have by far the worst turnover margin in the league. But this game, they did a lot to get the ball more times than they should have. Yeah, and those extra stolen possessions really helped because, I mean, that's probably why Houston didn't have anything going until late in the game in the fourth. Yeah, like, it, honestly, if you watch highlights of this game, 98% of the highlights are from Seattle for, like, the first three quarters. And then when there's seven minutes left in the game, they show uh, Houston's offense, like, finally on the field. Yeah, Houston had a rough one. Uh, did did Borgie play this one? Didn't you say he Borgs did? did play. Borgs did I play. I dominated in fantasy again. Thank you, Borgie. He only had, like, maybe 20 rush yards, but he did have a tutty. I didn't check because unless I'm playing you, it doesn't matter. Our teams uh, don't so worry, you dominated. Yeah, I think course. I may have dominated more, but of, of course, I, do, I don't even check my lineup anymore. Like Hakeem Butler, Cody Lattimore, you're all I need. <laughs> <laughs> I know Valentine's Day was in the past, but if one of you guys would be my Valentine for next year, my fiance would get upset, but I think she could forgive us. I'm famous now. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, one big highlight play that I had from uh, Houston early on in this game is that Danucci got murdered. In my notes, I have murdered capitalized <laughs> because he, he <laughs> took a shot. I don't know if he got sacked or if this was the interception. Oh, no. Danucci murdered for first interception. It was the interception. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. He got oh up. He's my like, God. how is that not roughing? <laughs> he got so lit up. I felt bad for my boy Danucci. But strong guy because he got up and played the rest of this game phenomenally. But I absolutely murdered. <laughs> I do remember that. My God. Some, there are some big hits in the XFL. Honestly, there are, though. Because wow. we have another one in the, in the you see a spoiler alert, in the top – uh, sauciest plays of the week from Spaghetti over here. It's a lot of S's shit. Um. <laughs> shit also starts with the letter S. Brought to you by the alphabet. <laughs> Is that a foreshadowing to this week's sponsor? No. Uh, the weekly wrap-up. We haven't gotten a sponsor for that yet. 
So if anyone is interested in sponsoring the weekly roundup, please tweet us at Behind the Sticks XFL and we will gladly talk to you about endorsement deals. We're cheap and desperate. So I told you that my notes are long this week. I got long notes this week. So I'll try to speed up our weekly roundup here for our listeners. And the things that really stand out here for the Seattle game. Just, just the, uh, the I wanted to make sure I got the murdered out there for that interception because that was – we always talk about the best things we saw this week. That was one of the best things I saw this week. And in the second game of the week here, I will tell you about the other best thing I saw. I think I know what it is because you have a tendency to like returns. I do. I do like returns. Of the king, of the Jedi, of the kickoff. Those are some of your favorites. Um, Yeah, so two block punts, though, out of Seattle's defense was or special teams was the highlight in this game. I mean, special teams is the slept-on phase. Whoops. Oh, that is. Gotta take that. We got got copyright strike. Breaking news coming. Adam Schefter over here. Yeah, he's uh, he's doesn't have much XFL news. We're the experts. Trust us. (laughs) Oh, Danucci was very good at getting to space. He showed he can get to space and work through the pocket and make extend plays pretty well. If he, he like we keep saying, he needs to get the turnovers under control. But I think that the other two turnovers in this game were not his fault. The one with Josh Gordon, especially, where hot, he said, we, we need this guy off the field. Hot take. Go ahead. Turn on the AC in your house for this one, guys. This is my third quarterback comparison to Benjamin DiNucci. He's Carson Wentz. He's going to go out there, and he is going to play some hero ball. He's going to deke and duck and juke him out in the pocket, and he's going to launch one to whoever's got hands. He doesn't care who's catching it. That ball's not hitting the ground. And it makes for a compelling football to watch, but I don't know if his recklessness will keep him in the MVP race. Yeah. But he did beat another MVP candidate in a game. So we'll get right. He just, we have to be mindful of this man's turnovers. Um, But you said that he gets the ball to whoever have hands. The first touchdown of this game was actually uh, to our boy Damian Willis, his first touchdown of the season. And in my notes, I also have that Green makes an insane catch for the three-point conversion here to convert. I did. I made a note of every time that there was conversions, uh, that they went for them in every game. I wanted to know. We're very proud of you. <laughs> well, also, I'm pretty sure later in my notes I have written, why in God's name is Seattle still going for three I, every time? I think they only went for one once against the Brahmas. Yes, like, but dude, if, they got to stop. If, they got to stop. Dude, if no one else is doing that. It makes it more insane that they went for one once. Like, clearly, some, like the coach must have had like an aneurysm then. And he was like, one. And they were like, okay, one, 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 one. And he was like, no, three, three. <laughs> <laughs> I just don't he got He got stuck talking to the hot ref again when they were deciding. I mean, that is his downfall. I mean, I, can you blame him, though? He's getting to coach football and spit game. So, Danucci's second interception, this is completely off top, my, my apologies, but I that's know. how my ADHD brain works. Danucci's second interception <laughs> and his third interception were both to Josh Gordon. And I have here, second interception, Danucci to Gordon, triple coverage, why did he throw this ball? Question mark, question mark, I, question mark, question I remember, mark. I, I remember watching the, the game because I hate to break it to you guys. I did not watch this one live. Watched it on ESPN+. Plus. You can watch all the game recaps there. Awesome to have. Um, 
And I remember it was after I knew that he wanted Gordon off the team. So every time I watched him throw to Gordon, I was wondering, and it's not like I saw Gordon really dogging it on routes. Like he was double covered. There was miscommunication. Danucci got crushed on one of the throws to him and then was like, dude, you got to bring that down. It was like 10 yards downfield or something. Like I, I really didn't see enough to get angry at him. But I mean, with the success, there must has, be some other drama that we do not know about. With, with the success to the other receivers, though, yeah, there's got to be something going on. Gordon is still a big receiver in the league, though. I feel like, yeah, he had a bad game this game, but but you know, they if, do have good receivers all around. Exactly. So if I don't know when the uh, the trade deadline is for the XFL, but if they wanted to get rid of him, a team that is in desperate need of a good old blue chipper would be my Brahmas. We really. Josh Gordon on the Brahmas could really turn things around if they could get their hands on him. I know it's a pipe dream, and it's after just a little bit of in the heat moment because we hear things happen as they happen. But I don't know if Cone can successfully get him the ball. We'll figure it out. <laughs> Cone needs to figure it out. But that's for a later topic. I uh, know. That's for a more depressing game with less to talk about. Yes. But I so... think. We are spending a little much We are spending a lot this, of time on, on this, this one game. game. You're right, you're right. It was and one of the most exciting games of the week. You want me to talk about the oh, – hold on. Let me talk about the Arlington Brahmas game I for you I just said we weren't going to talk about that game. Exactly. But, That's how much I'm going to talk about it. That's all you need to know, guys. Arlington won 12 to 10. The rest of that game, just – no, You don't there, even need to watch it. There's plenty to discuss with that game. I mean, if we wanted to get extensive and just read our notes note for note, we could get into it for about 15 minutes. All I'm trying to say is what the overall impact of this game was the number one team in power rankings that we thought was going to sweep the league lost the game. And they're not even the longest undefeated team. And when you look at their schedule and who they played, are they a paper tiger? Did they, they only lost one game. They only lost one game. But Are they, we overreacting? Are we having you? That's the conversation. Stephen A. I'm Smith trying to over have. here. See, I'm trying to move it from just this happened reaction so let's get a little thought and intrinsic flow going. Where does this lead the team's trajectories going forward? Because you can look at it one of two ways. I'm leaning towards it was one loss. They were down two great players. That's a big impact. But also, who have they beat this year? The Brahmas? And the Guardians twice. And the Guardians twice. And then the Renegades, which kind of was a close game at times. So really, you look at it and you go, were we overhyping this team? It's entirely realistic. Because the first, I think we were. The first I don't think that they're awful by any means. But I, I don't either. But you we also, had blinders on and could not see how good the defense You also have to take into account that their, their division is poop, and they're going to get like a free home playoff game and basically a guaranteed ride to the finals. So that still has to lean towards power rankings because it doesn't really matter how mediocre a team is. If they're guaranteed a chance at the finals, that's still a good chance at winning and being the best. Yeah. So – that has to throw into it. Then we have to look at what the Sea Dragons' trajectory is. After I called them as my dark horse to turn it around, they're three and zero after the uh, You're right. old Ian seal of approval giving them the old endorsement. At the end of that game, when they were interviewing Danucci, they asked him. They said, "How does it feel to go against the number one defense in the league, like knowing that coming in?" And he said, "They haven't played us yet, so obviously, like it was just a big, big." BDE answer, you know what I'm saying? It does keep make that sense, one BG13. I know, right? <laughs> BDE stands for Big Dick Energy. Oh know. shit! And that is that is BDE at its finest. He would never be invited to TDS. Shout out to my boys, but 
Yeah, I mean, and it kind of proved true, but kind of not really. Like the defense did hold. They were without a key player, but they lost, and that's really what matters. And it shows that the Sea Dragons are figuring it out, but could this internal discourse with Gordon really throw it off the pace? But, I mean, we'll discuss that more once we get into the power rankings later on. Fourth power rankings! Fourth and 15. Stay tuned, everybody. That is later on. But that'll we got to get three, to It'll be in three more hours if we keep digging. Our next game up game. on the, I know, right? The next game up on the slate, another one I got wrong, was the new king of the power rankings, the undefeated defenders going into uh, St. Lou. You got this wrong? Yeah, I thought the Battlehawks were going to win. You didn't pick the defenders. No, you picked the defenders. I picked the defenders. Yeah. No way. I mean, someone roll tape, bro. I thought that I picked this wrong. No, I've been dreading coming into this because I thought that I picked the Battlehawks. Oh, I a hundred percent know. I, I kind of remember now, though. I picked the Battlehawks. I Damn, thought they'd win at Infield, and I thought that yeah. I I mean, I like to remember. Good job, past Housel. I know. That re- it really makes me feel good that the guy that doesn't remember his bets calls games better than me. It should. It's, it <laughs> proves that the XFL really is a crap. I've got a lot of stuff going on, man. It's just had a kick. <laughs> I'm a dad. <laughs> Baby dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's your wife we should feel concerned for. Shout out to Emily. I don't know if you listen to the pod. Obviously. <laughs> Do you know how many people listen to this pod? A lot. You, you heard it here first. Many, so my first note, because I know you like me reading my notes, we're note for note for these I, I love them. It's 35,000 plus fans again, man. They selling out the Dome again, all I'm, the time. And I'm pretty sure I saw stuff about like there was there a concert. Was a lot, yeah. There was a lot going on in St. Louis, too. So the fact that they were competing really shows. Um, something people were saying on the Reddit is they should have put a team in like San Diego, too, which I – I didn't look anything into it besides that idea because I kind of wanted to talk about it and say my take because mine's more important than anyone else's. It's my platform. Agreed. And I don't call it behind the sticks for nothing. Exactly. And I thought it was a good idea. <laughs> I mean, for, for the same thing as St. Louis, they stole their team and made them go to LA where people don't care. So there's still fans there that want to cheer for something despite the, the owners. So give them a team. Even call him the Chargers. Who, who cares? And <laughs> Marty Schottenheimer to have him go 9-1 and one and lose in the first round of the playoffs. I loved Marty Schottenheimer, by the way. He was one of my favorite coaches when I was growing up. Don't know why. The, I knew nothing really about football. But I was like, thing, I like this guy. The only thing that will ever keep Marty Schottenheimer in my mind is the fact that Eminem's the greatest rapper ever because he rhymes something with Marty Schottenheimer. Yeah. You know, that's true. Like, Naughty Naughty Rotten Rhymer, cursing how your play's worse than Marty Schottenheimer. Like, you can't beat that. I don't care who you are, you can't beat that. Marty Schottenheimer, that's just garble garble. He rhymed with that and used real words. (laughs) So, other than the 35,000-plus fans at this game, the Battlehawks looked good early on. They had some key stops early in the game to stop this from being an absolute bloodbath because it could have been worse. Even though it was bad, on the ground, they gave up four, maybe five rushing touchdowns? I know that Abram Smith had three, De'Ara King had one, and did Tom Ayu have one? I'm not sure 100%. Okay, that's fair. But that's a lot of rushing. Because what was the end score of that game? I thought it was like 28 to 20. I thought it was the same score again as the first one. So maybe that was all four touchdowns that I just uh, 
came up with. But regardless, four touchdowns and two of these rushes were one was 62 yards and the other one was 70, 70 by Abram yeah. Smith. Abram Smith, man. First overall pick. They bring it up every time, but I, I'm seeing it a little bit now. now. Yeah, now we know exactly why. And that is the best thing that I saw last week is how much the defenders ran well, and particularly the 62-yarder and the 70-yarder from Abram Smith. But honestly, De'Ara King can do it. Jordan Tavau can do it. Abram Smith can do it. And they have Raquel Armstead, who I don't think played last week, but he can do it too. And uh, if I they just need don't to throw the ball, they have lucky stop. And if they need to throw the ball, Lucky Jackson's a good receiver. Heck yeah, man. I called that guy out. And then their defense is nasty. And they have the beer snake. They do. They bring the beer snake energy with them. They got I didn't see anyone in the stands making their own beer they got, snake. They got that BSE, that beer snake energy. <laughs> so uh <laughs> where were we? Uh we were just talking about um how it seems like the Battle Hawks can't really beat the defenders. The Battle Hawks did try to come back, though. And that's their unfortunately, signature. AJ McCarron did. He threw an interception out of the game. But he has no offensive line coverage. Again, in my notes, oh, yeah, I have he just gets AJ dogged. McCarron getting dogged. Getting abused. Yeah. Zero protection. He, he is an escort on a Saturday night, man. He's just getting dog, raw dogged out there. No protection. Yeah, because he got blown up a couple times, and he fumbled. He threw that interception. It's just he has no protection. I don't know if the interception at the end of the game had much to do with the protection, other than it was just it was just a bad AJ McCarron call, which is sad because the Battlehawks, you know, they did it in week one. They came back and, and they, they did it in they, week two. They came back. Yep. So everyone just kind of assumes. We, I know I yeah. do that they could come back and do it. I still think they can, but. I, it gets interesting with the Battle Hawks because with them having the same record as Seattle and they play each other, hey, things get a little peculiar. Yeah. And because you could go, oh, well, the Sea Dragons still have to play the um, the defenders. But that game was honestly really close for the first game of the season. They lost based mainly on that pick six. Yeah. And that was in Beer Snake Country. Beer Snake Country. So maybe in Sea Snake Country, things might run a little different. So the other things that were standouts in this Battlehawks loss were uh, Shepard had the big kickoff returns. I thought he might do it. I thought he might go all the way and score a touchdown. Same. I have no idea where that guy came from to get it. He did. I wrote it. It seemed like he ran past line after line of player. He broke the kicker's ankles, bro. His 70-yard returner. Like, (laughs) he made it up to the kicker, and he went one way. The kicker bet, bet on the other, and it was bad. Bro, it was embarrassing. Uh, dude, there's no way it was as bad as Abram Smith's on the. Oh the yes, I also had that in the notes. He also dude, the announcer even was like, "Oh my god, he's got a family." <laughs> <laughs> wow, I didn't hear that. That is hysterical. No, he didn't say he's not that funny. Okay, but he, that's but, right. But Only he, our boy spaghetti. He, he might have even said like he embarrassed him, but yeah, it, it was pretty bad. It was like, my god, his kids are watching. <laughs> yeah, so Hawks couldn't hang. DC is number one in the league. Let's move on to the hottest game of the week. Which actually turned out to be a banger. Yeah, actually it did. Uh, the Guardians at the Vipers. Weight game on Saturday here. My first note, again, I know you love the notes, back reading all I love the how I love how reliant you are on them. It's nice. How is Paxton Lynch still starting games? Question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark, question mark. Lots of question mark. How is Paxton Lynch still starting games? 
He is not. He is not it. I mean, Dormandy might be it though. Dormandy did look pretty good. He had that. Yeah. He had that nice chemistry with Lattimore. But I feel like the most important thing to talk about in this game is the ending. Yeah. And all highlights aside, so there were lots of things that I saw in this game that ended that really wrinkled my brain. Now, the way they turned out, each one didn't really affect it because each time one team was stupid, the other decided to be stupid as well. So let's go. Cody Lattimore, huge touchdown, 45-yard touchdown. Put him within the three-point conversion. Looked That's, beautiful. Looked beautiful. Call a timeout. Do something. Get Cody Lattimore back on the field for that three-point conversion. What are you doing? Yeah, He's they your blew best that player. Three-pointer. And you blew it. Then fourth and 15. Same thing. Why isn't Cody Lattimore in there? He is your best player. It's so frustrating to watch. Dorbindy got sacked on that play, that fourth and 15. Then, then we go to, to end the game. Then we go to the Vipers. Oh, my God. The Vipers were trying to lose that game, too. You're right. Dude, I they, did right right underneath the fourth and 15 to end the game because I thought it was the end of the game. Was there was like the a minute left. Vegas tries to blow it. <laughs> they throw the ball like twice. Then they go for it on fourth down instead of kicking a field goal. A fourth and, and one. A fourth and one. Fourth and one. And they throw, throw an the ball. Pass. Oh, my God. Coach Rod Woodson was the best. Yeah. He's like, I said to go for it, not to throw the ball. Oh, my God. His reaction was – you can't even blame him because I wanted to get mad at the coach, but seeing him there, that's coordinating. Oh, my God. He's, he was as flabbergasted as me. And then we get into how this game ended. This is how a game between the two winless teams ends. Do your notes have how this game ended? Yes. On the double false start, 10-second yeah. runoff. <laughs> the double. Okay, so no, it didn't end that way. I'm sorry, I forgot. So the Guardians' offensive line was like, we don't want to try to win this game. And they just let Dormany get destroyed. Wait, did they get a safety? No, they gave up a sack on the first play, so everyone had to run back. That's why the clock was running. Okay. Then they double false started. And just yeah, ran. I know about the then, false start. Yeah, they gave up a sack, so it was like second and 16. Then they double false started the game, and it was done. <laughs> it was done, dude. It was they were backed game. up to their own end zone. Like, it was yeah, already going to be. It was already done, but the fact that they were just like, no, nah, I'm good. <laughs> they literally the SpongeBob meme. They just got up and jogged to the locker room. It was... It's how a game between winless teams should have ended. Oh, uh, and the biggest news of this game, um, of this Vipers win, I should say. We should clarify. The Vipers definitely won, guys. Go Vipers, baby. Perez is back. And Perez was looking lights out. Yes. I was hot on Perez before they sat him probably. For when we get to the notes, but Perez, I think, is already fourth in passing, and he's missed two games. Yeah. And how, how was his connection with Jeff Bidet? Oh, yeah, dude. Oh, my God. Jeff Bidette had two nasty touchdowns this game. And Perez just knows. He knows where he is. I mean, I didn't look at the stats yet. I want We were going to do a full full dream face reveal on the stats. We don't know anything. But I'm pretty Huge sure. Huge 35-yard bomb to Jeff Bidette for the first touchdown. I knew he had at least one. So he has six on the year now, right? That definitely should put him at one if he got. And then he had a beautiful 25-yard touchdown yeah, so for his should, second TD. He should have six. They did, they did not convert that extra point, just so you know. I was curious what the note said. I'm about I knew to, you I'm were. I'm about to hop the table and steal that notebook. I want it so bad. But, yeah, Jeff Bidette, 
said it week one because he had he he's an explosive guy, man. He's he's gonna. I think he's the only guy with multiple multiple touchdown games. He's got that double double. Maybe double, triple, double. Maybe that triple double drip. Jeff Bidette, one of the top receivers in the league, hands down. I mean, he, I think that maybe a team should throw a trade out there for him, save him from the one and or the two and three. No, they're they're one and four. Oh, okay. So I didn't want to give them too much credit. The Vipers are one and four. Um, really, I know trades happen in this league. Realistically, the only team that I could see doing something would be Arlington because Seattle stacked at wide receiver. We're just talking to think about getting rid of Gordon. Then um, Houston, maybe if it depends how injured Kirkland is. But they still have uh, Deontay Burnett's pretty solid. Oh, yeah, Deontay's great. And, oh, my God, I feel bad I'm drawing a blank on the other guy's name. They have, enough, they have, a, they have a, a solid trio of wide receivers. Well, let me just check So I notes. think Houston's pretty good. And then the defenders don't run the ball – or run, they, they don't pass the ball enough to really need more than Lucky Jackson. Because yeah. I think if he was on more of a volume team, he would be up there. Uh, I mean, speculation, he would be at least higher numbers to compare to. And then maybe he could do something on the um, on the battle. Honestly, on the battle hawks, he would be pretty good because Keaton Butler's like your, you know, like your possession receiver. So maybe, but because you got to think like Brahmas, yeah. But why would he want to go from one and four to one and four? Yeah, right. And even the Brahmas don't have like that much more potential because their quarterback situation. The quarterback so unfortunate. Once we get to that game, Sinet looked solid. He looked passable, pun intended. <laughs> I'm trying to see. It's either Justin Smith from Houston or, yeah, I think Justin Smith is the other guy you were talking about on Houston next to Deontay Burnett because he had a big 50-yard touchdown. Yeah, so, like, Houston I think is all right. So, but, yeah, I mean, I don't know if he wants to leave Vegas. Why would you? Sounds like a dream. But, I mean, honestly, playing for Vegas would be cool. I don't know how much they get paid. Yeah, but their home stadium is terrible. That's fair. That's another reason they got to get Jeff Bidette. But they off got that cool. But they Jeff got... Bidette needs to shine underneath the lights of the thirty-five thousand fans in St. Louis. I think he will if they play St. Louis and St. Louis. I think he'll ball out that game. But I don't know, man. It's hard the not Vi- to the say Vipers ball have like, any game. The Vipers have like the coolest, uh, the coolest jerseys. But they anyway, do. coolest jerseys because they have to make up for the worst home field, <laughs> the middle school home field. That is true. But anyway, the Brahmas, are we doing, oh. Are we going to Brahmas? No. I noticed you haven't been doing the, our call for them. They haven't earned the call. <sighs> they haven't. We need a stampede, boys. We need to turn this season around. And you know what was looking like it was going to be it? Reed Smith. Knew yeah. this guy? He was the practice squad quarterback on the Eagles. He actually oh. – Yeah, because I thought Carson Strong was going to come in and be our third-string quarterback. But Reed Sinet beat him out. Carson Strong in the USFL, let us know. Feedback if you want us to do a behind-the-sticks USFL version. We'll go right into that uh, spring football like we do here. But, so, I thought the offense was looking pretty good there. Um, The new play calling was – honestly, dude, I was optimistic at first about the play calling, but they didn't throw the ball downfield at all. And I don't know if that's a problem with Cone because Sinek – broke his foot when he threw an interception which yeah and lost he honestly the game. did he looked pretty good like i was saying saying to you off pod that he looked very good the brahmas had a different kind of energy about them when he was out there and yes he threw an interception but, you but you just said he broke his foot on that factor i thought that he had something bad to happen the renegades have like the best turnover defense in the X. yeah the renegades do have a very solid so defense like, which makes it all the more upsetting so 10 points were solid they can only put up 12 points though Every game that the Renegades have won has been like 
12 points, 15 points. I don't know. Maybe they won one game where they scored 20 but points. They could try to get Bedette or Gordon. I think they could do something. Because clearly they like having Slaughter in there. Yeah, I know. They really must like having Slaughter more than Plitt because I, I haven't seen Plitt come back I, out. I haven't seen, like, a difference at all. No, they look, they look the same. Which, Mediocre which, at best. Which might go into offensive coordinator or line because they can't really do anything on offense. Maybe like, they don't have very good receivers. We only talk about South Carolina. And he's not even that good. Hashtag overrated. <laughs> but Latimer. But the the thing that burned my biscuit, and I knew we were going to lose, is when we went for it on fourth and one. Granted, I didn't want us to go because I didn't think we were going to convert. But, like, let's be honest. The best player on the Brahmas is the kicker. Yes, I have that in my notes. Parker oh, Rick. my God, bro. Parker Romo, MVP of Brahms. Dude, did you see him hit that 49-yarder? Yeah. He went through the top of the uprights. Yeah. He would have hit that. It's beautiful. Dude, he hit a 56 or 57-yarder. Like, as much as we talk about everyone else and everything, he's going to the NFL. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I don't think the Eagles kicker, Elliott, hit over 57 all year. Like, you just have to be no, able to hit. No, I think 53 is his longest. Yeah, you just have to be able to hit from deep, which he proved he can. And then if he can just be consistent enough from 30 to 50, he's going to the NFL. This He's a good kicker. So take take the fucking points. God. Thank you. Brahmas. Brahmas. Oh, take the points. Because I don't know. It's a low-scoring game. Maybe you'll lose by less than three. You lost by two. Yep. You would have won. You would have won. And, like, everyone knew. Dude, the over-unders for other games this week were, like, 41 and 43, and this one was, like, 22. It's like, 24 and a half. <laughs> I don't think it was that low. It was, it was like, might be I a think, little I think, exaggerated. I think it was 26 and a half. Yeah? I yeah. thought it was 32. It was not in the 30s, I'm telling you. All right. And like I'm every, a producer look it up. Yeah. Everyone, knew, people get with your everyone knew this game was going to be low scoring. And, like, just take the field goal. Just take the field goal. And then what do you do? You throw an interception and give up a 99-yard touchdown drive or whatever and lose the game because of it. Oh, my God. That's the only thing to talk about this game is the most frustrating thing about it. Yeah. Like, oh, my God, dude. The Brahmas irk me, man. The Brahms have good defense, though. That's the one thing about these two teams. Dude, this the Brahms have good defense, game. and Arlington has good defense. But Arlington's defense can win games because they get turnovers. The Brahmas' defense can just, like, hold you to 15 points. But then they can't score more than 10, so they're garbage. Yeah, dude, this but is so unfortunate. They look decent. They were one score away from beating the Roughnecks a few weeks. They've been one score away from beating everybody because they hold teams to two scores and score once. <laughs> okay, okay. They're bad. I watched this team, man. I'm I'm about to tweet at Heinz Ward to go in and play wide receiver because we need a playmaker. We need somebody. I forget who his name was, Vasher. They're like, yeah. Oh, yeah, Vasher's my boy. I got him on fantasy. They're like, he get is this, great. They're like, get this guy the ball in his hands early and watch some magic. And they did it for the first drive and he scored a touchdown. And then they were like, Screw you, Vasher. He was like Woody from Toy Story. Andy just chucked him in the trash and was like, I like Buzz. And Buzz was, I don't know, with no Buzz. Honestly, Buzz was way less cool than there Andy. There was no Buzz. <laughs> yeah, Andy. Um, Woody. Woody, thank there you. There was a snake in my boot. So uh, that's our weekly roundup for you guys. Uh, I think you all know what time it is. What time is it? What time is it? It's time for Spaghetti's Top 5 Sauciest Plays of the Week. Coming in at number five. Coming in at number five is my phone is not pulling up my notes for me pretty well right now. Well, that's why some of us go with paper notes. That's fair, because my phone's frozen. Paper, do you like remembering things? Because even if you write them down, 
you still probably won't remember, Sometimes you fucking moron. AKA asshole. No, it's sometimes you email them to yourself. Sometimes you forget. Other times, your quick memo pad won't open on your garbage Android phone. Are all Androids garbage? No. Is mine? Yes. All right. All right, sauciest plays of the week. Sauciest plays of the week, finally. Uh, looking for a sponsor, hashtag not um, Aristo 5 phones. That's the current model. I'm but using. maybe our boys at altfantasy.com. Maybe, if we could ever get one. But coming in at my number five sauciest player of the week would be We Discussed It. It happened. Darius Shepard's huge kickoff return in the nest, weaving in and out of traffic and embarrassing the kicker on his way for an 80-yard return. I think the game was 14-3 to three at this point, so could have gotten out of hand, really brought the crowd back in and gave them a chance. Oh, yeah, got energized. There's 35,000. But they would inevitably lose. Another one coming in from the Battlehawks at the number four sauciest play would be George Campbell using his big old paw, singular one of those ham hawks to reel in a tutty from McCarron in the back of the end zone. Oh, the yeah, it was beautiful. Went, reached and went. We haven't, that's a name we haven't said on the podcast before. Campbell looked great on that touchdown. Campbell did. Then our number three, no bias, sauciest play of the week comes in with when Jack Corner would come like a meatloaf, baby, a bat out of hell, timing the snap perfectly on a safety blitz. He went screaming into slaughter and slaughtered him, taking the Renegades out of field goal range on third down. I love the slaughter jokes. I'm sorry. I, 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 (laughs) I was smiling when I wrote that one. And unless it's a pick six, defenses really don't score. But that's a three-point play because he took him out of guaranteed field goal range. Number two is a double dip as Abram Smith busted out a 62-yard touchdown run but wasn't content and decided to embarrass, again, another embarrassing. He needed to solidify the MVP. He had to. Like I said, he was called out by number by the announcer, number 39, and gave him the Kansas City shuffle. He looked left. He went right, and then he Kansas City shuffled his way in for another huge rushing touchdown. And my number five, sauciest play number of the one. week. Number I'm one. sorry. Number one. Oh, my goodness. Editing note. It's way too saucy in up here. It's too saucy. That's, there is no spaghetti. But We've lost on the sauce, people. <laughs> it happens to the best of us. But as we've been corrected by my lovely host, the number one oh. sauciest play of the week with the Roughnecks down and late trying to save their undefeated season, Silvers would face pressure from the back with what could have been a fumble. Anyway, changed the trajectory of the throw and went right in to, I believe his name was Labels, the defender, defensive lineman to catch the interception that would put an end to the King Roughneck season and give the Sea Dragons a victory in Seattle. And solidified DC's number one overall power ranked. Spoiler. Crazy how you win week. and it only projects your division rival higher. But those <laughs> were my sauciest plays of the week. And I think with a lot of sauce, you're going to spill things. I dropped the bag on this one. So uh, just a one more note here before we throw it over to our first ad break here. Did you see that uh, lineman when he intercepted the ball, the lineman that was like holding on to him and trying to block him had like no idea that this guy just caught the ball 
and he like stops holding him and like looks around and then like a couple seconds later realizes that the dude he was just trying to block called the ball and was like oh man and like tries <laughs> to go get him and, no. dude it was hysterical man i was watching it a couple times on the replay just because i thought it was so funny <laughs> <laughs> that is great so that's my little sauce to add to your spaghetti there my guy I, we always need more sauce so that ends the weekly roundup. It was very long this week, but I hope you guys appreciated what we brought to the table for you. That lots of sauce on the spaghetti. We try to bring a little bit of extra, pack it full of vitamins and nutrients. Eat it up. It's good for you. Anyway, we'll be right back after a word from this week's sponsor. This week's segment of Power Rankings and Player Sets is brought to you by The Sun. Now, they, they, the sponsors tell me not to do this and they really hate this, but I always do research on everyone before I go into it. And did you know The Sun's a star? Like one of those things that comes out at night, like Twinkle Twinkle? The Sun's one of those guys. Well, you can't look at it but like you can look at those stars because it hurts your eyes. Oh, anyway, so... This week's sponsor is The Sun. Um, without the sun, all of life would end. Uh, eventually, the sun will curl up into a black hole and kill us all. The sun. We need it, and it will end us. And now that we're back from that ad break, I would like to uh, say a special shout out to The Sun. Thanks for keeping us alive. Also, thanks for maybe one day killing us all. The sun giveth and the sun taketh away. Um, another thing I did want to point out is do not point a telescope at the sun. You know, apparently in an eclipse, you're not supposed to look at the sun. You know who looked right at the sun? I know I did. <laughs> did you really? I was trying to do research. <laughs> Former president <laughs> Donald Trump looked directly into the sun. I heard he is a big fan of the pod. Maybe we could have him on an episode. Apparently, word on the street is that he's an alien, and that is why it did not bother him. He was like, of course I can look right at this. Lizard people. It We're big sense. conspiracy fans here, guys. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I left you speechless. Yeah, pretty much. Everyone's a lizard. <laughs> <laughs> they have this horrible stink around them, and I swear I saw flocks. My my, my, hidden, my, my hidden conspiracy is that we all are in fact lizard people, and the ones that we judge are actually the real humans. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. All right, so that is a great segue to lead us into our next segment here. Top five. Let's go top five and we're passing. Who do you think? Who in God's name could be at the top of this list, my guy? For a fifth week in a row. I'm pretty sure most of our listeners, fans of the XFL, would know that the top three have stayed pretty much the same. And it looks like a newcomer has come into fourth place, and I think that deserves more of the praise. Because obviously Ben Benito- Challenger is approaching. Exactly. This is your chance to unlock a new playable character in Smash. <laughs> but we got Danucci at 1328. He's on pace for... Well, halfway through the season, like 26, 2700 yards. Can he make it 3K? That would be impressive. He would need a lot more in the next five games. But we, could you imagine the first 3K passer in the XFL? No. 
<laughs> okay. Damn. Not, not Benjamin Danucci Danucci. Well, maybe he'll prove me wrong. He might not if he keeps yelling at his receivers. Then even though he didn't have a good scoring performance, Silver stays in second at eleven eighty nine. He's staying close. He's he's been without that Tiger game. Woods effect. He's not. He had one bad game. He's still at top of his league. Exactly. Although Tiger Woods literally went like two or three years as number one golfer in the world after he you know stopped playing golf. Well, yeah, because they were like one like, game, three years they're equivalent. Like, they're like when he comes back, he'll still be great. It's the, it's the John Bones Jones thing. I don't know if I brought this up on the pod, but he's. I bad. feel like I've heard John's Bones Jones from you recently. It had to be pod. Well, yeah, because he's back, man, and I know this isn't an MMA one, but he he dominated. Dude's a monster. He was out of it for like four years, and he was still like the tenth ranked pound for pound fighter in the world. Damn. They were like, when you come back, we know you've been hitting that Zaza. He's on the, <laughs> he's on the juice. He's OJ Simpson. The juice is loose when it comes to John Jones. And he's going to beat you up. And the juice oh. is loose when it also comes number three on this list, AJ McCarron. AJ had a good game. Uh, he did finish it with that interception. But like we said, this man has no protection. Zero or negative protection. So the fact that he's been able to throw for over 1,000 yards and still have a 6.6 yards per attempt. Like, he's got 11 tutties on the season, tied with Brandon Silvers, only four interceptions. And one of them came at the end of this last game. And I want to, I want you to, we're going to play a little guessing game. How many times do you think McCarron has been sacked? How many? Oh, I have to guess. It's not a guessing game if you don't guess at all. I'm sorry. Uh, 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 17. On the money, 17. Really? Yeah. I know that shit. Next guess. How many times has Silver's been sacked? Eight. 11. Damn. How many times has Danucci been sacked? Bro, this has got to be low. I'm going nine. Six. Damn it. Danucci and Silvers have combined for as many sacks as McCarron. So I don't from what we're watching and the more we see, it's not him like holding on to the ball too long. He's getting murdered. Yeah, he really he's is getting holding the ball for the like, terrible. So like I think he's carrying um pretty haphazard offensive line. But then when we look at the more compelling numbers, Silvers and McCarron are tied in touchdowns and interceptions eleven yeah. to four. That's impressive. Danucci's ratio, however, is nine, nine and seven. Yeah. When you throw in the five fumbles. That Dallas number. Oh my God. He's got just as many touchdowns, I mean, interceptions and fumbles as the other quarterbacks do touchdowns. No, he's got him beat. Seven plus five is 12. Hey, man, this is the math, math podcast. I know, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> we're looking at stats, the most mathematical thing possible about Damn. anything. This is a good point. Which will lead to our next stat. Our. New challenger is Luis Perez coming back. Missing a game, getting benched, and coming back, and he's still fourth overall. He's coming back hot and hot. Honestly, though, Tama, Tamayu is probably Tamayu. I, don't, why, I, I can say this guy's name when I'm not in the podcast. Tamamu, Tamamalu, Tamali. Tamayu. Tamamu. 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 All right, well, I guess I'm just bad to say this guy's name. Just call forever. him Jordan. He'll be All the right. only person you refer to by first name. Jordan, <laughs> our boy, quarterback for the defense. Jordan Ta'amu, please become friends Ta'amu. with us so we feel more comfortable addressing you as Jordan so we can stop mispronouncing your name. Just send me a nice personal video of you tell me how much of a moron I am, and this is how to say your last name. And I will respect you even more than I already would respect you, which is huge. 
this guy is probably realistically number two or three on this list. But because he doesn't throw the ball as much, he's just not up there. But if you combine his receiving and not receiving, his rushing and his passing, he's got to be up there. He's killing it. The defenders are killing it. I all, mean, all he has players. only accounted for three total touchdowns, though. That's not his fault that they give the ball to De'Eric King and let him run it in. When he taught Tom, I was always like, yo, this is how you do it. He runs down the field for like every play. And then they're like, hey, now that you've made it within five yards, we're going to give it to our boy, Derek King, even though you guys are doing the same exact thing. I mean, I have nothing but love for how Tom was doing. I both of them, like, don't get me wrong, I <laughs> like, love Derek King as well. Like, like I said, they're not the sexiest thing, but they're a well-oiled machine and they're running, and that's what's winning games. So I can't hate with anything going on there. But this is about trying to give Perez his due for coming back. You're that right. man's got You're eight right. touchdowns, three interceptions, yards per attempt is 7.9. He's thrown to our boy Badet. He's got Martavius Bryan out there. He could – I mean, I I called it when I was Makes looking at the Makes you think why Dragons. they benched this guy. I think he was still hurt because he got killed good, on though. that conversion. Yeah. Remember, the, I think it was week one he got murdered on that play, and then we didn't see him for a while. Oh, no, then he got benched against the defenders, I think. But that's the defenders. They've been benching everybody. So I, <laughs> I think he could turn it around. But then again, that division's really rough. They got hard games. Now, I'm going to keep the Vipers at not turning it around. But I definitely am saying it's a four-quarterback league right now, and it's those four. Anything else is just embarrassing. Who's next on the Well, it's a five-quarterback league because Tom Io. I guess. It's not a traditional quarterback. I'll give that to you. I will say the five quarterbacks. Yeah, but he's better. Like, even though his stats don't show it, his team's undefeated, and he's just an overall leader. He's the Jalen Hurts of the defenders. He can sling the ball. They just don't let him throw it that much. I mean, when when he you, still has six point five yards per attempt. Who then? The running back run for two hundred and thirty some yards. Sure. Yeah, when you got Derrick Henry back there, they ain't saying, "Well, Ryan Tannehill, you know." Yeah, but he can also Ryan, be you know, Derrick. You know, Henry. Ryan Tannehill. He's got like the one of the better passers. How dare runs. you insult he's, this man by calling him Ryan Tannehill? He's so much faster than Ryan Tannehill. I don't even know about it. I'll pull it up right now. I will find their combines. You are talking trash on my boy Tannehill. Tannehill's fast. There is no way. Tom Brady and Tannehill would probably be more of a competition than Tom Ayo and Tannehill. All right. I got Tannehill's 40 time. If Tom went to the combine, I'll see it. He definitely did, didn't he? I don't know. I don't know people's pasts. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. You ready for this? You ready for this? This is who you need to listen to on the pod, people. All right. These are doctored numbers. Jordan Tom, who recorded a 40-yard dash time of 4.77 seconds. 4.77 is pretty good for a quarterback. Do you want to know what Ryan Tannehill's 40-yard time is? Sure. You guys can look this up for me, people. 4.65. Tannehill's faster than Tamu. There's no way. He is. I don't believe it. There was no pressure, and that's why he wasn't going as fast as he possibly could. I mean, have you seen him run out of the field? He's I don't just care. Better than I the rest of them. 
Uh, he uh, he can look better all he wants. He man. learned from Abram we Smith. We are looking at the data here. The data, the data, the data. Dude, yo, the data also says that Paxton Lynch is number five on this list, and, and I this isn't passing. That. This isn't pure stat. <laughs> this has nothing to do with being good or conjecture or anything. All right, all right, you're you're right. You're very and right. This is the stats, and we got to look at the stats. Ryan Tannehill, four point six five. Jordan Thomas, four point seven seven. One guy's just faster than the other. The stats. <laughs> the stats. The stats are brought to you by. The phone I pooped on earlier. It's working, man. Oh, damn. I haven't looked at this page since this week. Um, but now the new leader in rushing, Abram Smith. And it's not even close. Oh, my God. No. It's not even close. Last week, Morgan Ellison was top of this list. He has been a little injured, though. And uh, he had, I don't think he had a big game this week at all. But Abram Smith, 432 yards, 84 attempts, averaging 5.1 yards per carry, four tutties, eight 10-plus yard runs, and he's also got three 20-plus yarders. And one of them is obviously at 70-yard touchdown, which is the longest rush in the XFL this season. He also got 23 first downs and... If he only had those two rushing touchdowns of 62 and 70 yards, he would still be the ninth leading rusher in the XFL. Jeez. Yeah. So uh, he is on a different level, which is why I am not appointing Ta'amu as an MVP candidate. I think his team is pretty stacked. And uh, we could be saying the same thing. Well, what about Abram Smith, though? Do you think that he might be MVP? I mean... He's at 432 yards. I I think it's more realistic that Abram Smith could hit the 1,000 than... Um, 1K Abram? 1K Abram is more realistic than 3K Danuk. I get And I think if that <laughs> happens, he could he could realistically be the MVP. I could see that happening. Running backs are good at stuff. Wow. Words of wisdom. I, I don't discriminate based on the position of the feeling, but... <laughs> All right, so second on this list still kind of surprises me, uh, but it's Brian Hill for the Battlehawks. He even only played four games compared to everybody else, but he has 255 yards on the 49 attempts, which is pretty impressive, I'd say. Yeah. About half of what Abrams got. Yeah, and he's got a higher yard per carry. Yeah, 5.2 to Abrams, 5.1. He I only mean- has one tutty, though. Yeah, but he does have uh, good receiving numbers. He does catch the ball pretty well. He's got one receiving touchdown and 11 grabs for 110 yards. Oh, yeah, that's, that's so, good numbers. Yeah, he's pretty versatile there. So he's he's still looking at around three-something yards, 365. So nothing to sneeze at over four games, 90 scrimmage yards a game. Nothing to sneeze at. At you. <laughs> and then uh, third on this list is Ellison still. Well, I shouldn't say still. He was first last week, so he has moved down too. But his rushing yards look about the same. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I mean he's got 254 yards instead of 255 to Brian Hill's 52 attempts. So yeah, I I wish we could see what the stats were last week because I think he's at like 232 yards. I don't think he ran the ball a lot. Yeah, no, I don't think he ran the ball a lot either. But he was dealing with an injury this week. 
makes sense. He's been dealing with injuries because that guy runs like a monster. Yeah, he does. Have you if you've seen Drive Angry? But so does Abram. Abram hits people. Abram looks for like the hit. He's the guy with the ball, and he's looking to just hit somebody. Like, Should the Eagles go after Abram Smith? We need a running back. I mean, I don't see why not. And I'm gonna miss our boy Miles Sanders. Can't believe that. I can. I mean, I know you called it, but... Back to XFL. Number four leading rusher is actually your boy, Tamamama, at uh, fourth with 44 attempts for 208 yards at 4.7 and two tuds. I told you. I'm hot on him. You are. You got you got them feelings. And yeah. Go ahead. I think we're literally about to say the same thing. And rounding out the pack. Yep. Yep. Devion Smith. Actually, a renegade on here with 175 yards. Took him five games. My math skills aren't the best. They're not what they're used to. But that's not a lot of yards per game. My boy Borgie has fallen, by the way. My honorable mention. He is far down this list now. But I did have Smith um, in my notes as well. I said that he looked pretty good. He's one of the better players on the renegades. Yeah, I mean, maybe they can. they're going to start piecing it together. Because they did have a couple of good drives against the Brahmas that looked like they were... Figuring it out offensively a little bit. Yeah, just to and stop. It, and it counted to 12 points. But you could say the Brahmas have a good defense. My uh, dishonorable mention is Balaj at 2.7 yards a carry. Yeah. It just keeps going down. It Even, does. Oh, my God. His you, boy Patrick's coming for him. We were just giving Devion Smith props. He got 2.6. Is that the lowest? That's really bad. Hey, he should promise this week. And it's what have you done for me lately? guess that's fair, but yeah, it's him and Balaj. All right, yeah, 2.6 is kind of bad, though. But he looked good last game. He looked good against the Browns. That is roughy stuffy. Jermaine. I remember you were hot on Jermaine before. He's fallen on this list, too. He he was doing decently. And the on this list pretty high to the – I was just saying he's good at scrambling. Is the Nucci? Oh, yeah, yeah, he is. Like he's one of the few hundred-yard rushers, yeah. My man's gets them yards. Yeah, good for him, man. Yeah, and then let's go to our... Every week, man, Danucci's growing on me. I mean, it's my team, so I'm supposed to love them all, right? I know, right? The bias. All right, what did you say, receiving? Yeah, let's go on to the receiving leaders. All right, who you got number one? Who do you think's number one? Still leading the pack, Jacor Pearson in receptions with 36. He's still leading the pack with yards, or only 400-yard receiver at 430. 11.9 yards a catch, which ain't anything bad, but he still only has the one touchdown, so he's not really reeling in the catches. No, but he is reeling in the deep balls and setting them up. He's a yardage guy, you know? Yeah, he really brings him down the field. He's a between-the-end-zones kind of guy because he's a smaller, shiftier wide receiver, but, like, he's been the leading receiver in the XFL for the whole season, and he's running away with leading the XFL in receiving. Oh, yeah. So, clearly... When you got 100 yards more than the guy behind you. Yeah, clearly there's nothing wrong with your game. Um, then I think we should go with number two in receptions because it is my boy that I shouted out, Hakeem Butler. With I love know, Butler. Every week, more and more. More and more. Dude, he, he just looks like he belongs playing football. He's the only other player in the 30 club. He's got a respectable 336 receiving yards. And his streak of a touchdown in every game ended. I probably Aww. jinxed it. I apologize for that. I know you're listening, Hakeem. That's my bad. Got to take credit there. And then, number three on the receiving list. Mom, you tell me who Fan favorite. 
And by fan, I mean spaghetti favorite. I'm about to buy a Cody Lattimore jersey, man. The number 11 looks great on him, and he's a baller. Yep. So, spoiler, Cody Latimer, 28 receptions, 336 yards. Are you doing this by receptions or yards, by the way? I was looking at receptions. Me too, but it's weird because on the other ones we were looking at by yards. Yeah. And I know we're on the same website. Mm -hmm. And for some reason when we did receiving, it made it do it by receptions. Yeah, that's what it defaults to. We normally change it, but I liked receptions because I wanted to shout out Akeem Butler. And that's fair. Right. And Latimer. But I thought, yeah, the I thought it was weird that Latimer and Canelo were, like, right next to each other. So that's three and four, by the way. Yeah. And uh, Butler and Latimer both have 336 yards. So that's cool they have the same. And then there's a significant drop-off with Canelo at 213. Then our boy Bidet at 341. And then another huge drop-off at Jackson with 181. So some of these guys just have awful yards per uh, target or catch. But since it's what the fans want and has been calling for, we're going to go with yards and then see who our tutties are. So obviously Pearson 430, then Bidet 341, Lattimore Butler with 336 respectively. Those are the only guys over 300, one over four. Oh, man, Josh Gordon's only three away, though. Josh Gordon's only three away, and he's getting yelled at by his team, which is peculiar. So, we'll, Right? He's I, killing it, and he's getting yelled at. I want to find I mean, more his last that. game, though, he looked like he was on the sauce. Yeah, and then honorable mention in yards has to go to Lucky Jackson at 250 and six, right behind Kirkland at 253. But Kirkland got hurt, so I feel like he could easily be above that. Yeah, I hope Kirkland's okay, by the way. I love Kirkland. Same Early way. favorite in the league. We are big Kirkland fans. My dad's first name was Kirk. Got to be a Kirkland fan. <sighs> Kirk, Lamb, put them together. Woo! <laughs> what do you get? Favorite <laughs> Is that it for our receiving list? I figured you could go over the touchdowns. We could see if anything's looking Oh, spicy. okay. Sorry, I couldn't read your mind there. You normally do. Oh, who is the sole touchdown leader in the XFL right now? Yeah, the ties were broken by Jeff Bidette's two-touchdown performance. Man, Jeff Bidette does it all. (laughs) Why are you laughing? (laughs) In the touchdown department, this guy's unmatched. He is. Uh, And then we have (laughs) a two-place tie for two which would be Hakeem Butler, who had scored in every game, didn't score this one, and John Trey Kirkland, who had to get hurt. So Kirkland could be competing with Bidette for a leading up there. I still have Kirkland as one of my best receivers in the league, but all of these guys we're going to name are. Who's best. your best, though? Best receiver in the league? You can't say Cody Latimer. He's the best tight end. <laughs> Dude, if Cody Latimer was on a good team, man, why can't I say him? Fine, Hakeem Butler. Also on my fantasy team. <laughs> Why can't I say Cody Latimer? <laughs> Just because I don't. He's an ex-giant, damn it. I know, and that makes him <laughs> likable again. You like Eli now, don't you? I do, but he always has that stupid helmet. I'm sorry, Eli. His face head looks so small. But speaking of Lattimore, he's also tied with quite a few guys for three touchdowns. Burnett, Lattimore, Sinquest Sweeting, Josh Gordon, and I don't have first names. I apologize to T. Harris of the Roughnecks. <laughs> I knew everyone else's first name but yours. And Mitchell, who's right under you, but he's got two. You also have not two. I think what you can really take out of this segment is that there's some good players in the XFL. And whether it be running backs, receivers, quarterbacks, defense, Everyone's fun to watch. 
Did Brad sponsor this? You just listed everything. I did. I'm sorry. They did. They they threw me an extra twenty burger. <laughs> but everybody, on the table. everybody's been so much fun to watch. Like I know I'm going on a rant now, but it's not just some other league. I really feel like the XFL is here to stay. Would you say that uh, the Rock has brought ballers to the screen? He has. I would say. <laughs> It's my professional opinion. So we throw it over to 4th and 15 now, where we do our betting segment. I know Eric's been waiting. We still have to go through our power Oh rankings. my goodness, how could I forget about Almost the forgot him again. Power rankings. Alright, so... Number one is Defenders. Alright, power rankings over. Power rankings get interesting with the meat in the middle. Number one is the Defenders, undefeated. Number eight is the Guardians, winless. It's where the other teams fall into the line that makes things interesting. So, what I think will be more fun and a little spicy take, because we'll run through them later, is we will go two, then seven, and we'll work our way to the middle. So, who do you have at number two? DC Defenders, number one. I want to say the Roughnecks because they only have one loss. And yes, it was the Seattle Sea Dragons, but we can't move them all the way up the list just because they've had one win against the team. You know what I mean? I, I agree. I still have the Roughnecks. You can't overreact though. that hard. Yeah. So the Roughnecks, too? Mm-hmm. We have to see them play another good team. Yeah, they lose again. They go with down yeah, the power rank. Yeah, this this is, you know, you can't win every game. You play it's not the team. college football power rankings where Alabama can lose eight games in a row and we'll put them in the fucking... The put main, them over UCF. The championship who, who hasn't game. lost the game in 10 years. <laughs> Sorry, but, that would get close to him. But, yeah, I agree with you. And also, they were down players. Like, I, we love Kirkland here. So that's like saying, well, if the defenders lost the game, that Abram Smith couldn't play. Like, are we really, oh, yeah. we're really going to hold it against them? Not too much, because at the end of the day, that's part of their team is that dynamic player. So it's not too bad. All right, then for seven, you went first. I'll go first. Brahmas. Brahms. The herd being near the back of the herd at number seven. Yeah, Sinet looked good. I feel like we could have had an offense with Sinet. We don't really have one with Cone. The offensive coordinator looked like he couldn't go down the field. I don't know if that's a product of the offensive line or the quarterback or whatever. Seems frustrating to watch. The defense is good enough, but they don't make plays. And then they have a good return game that gets them in field goal range for their kicker. And then they don't want to kick field goals. So I don't. Got to use your MVP. If this team didn't beat the Guardians, I might have them under the Guardians. Hot take. Hot take. We so, got number three. Yep, number three. I got the Seattle Sea Dragons moving right up that list, baby. I can't put them at two, but I can put them at three. So you're. This is where we'll have a little discord, and this will spoil three and four because I'm sure your four is going to be my three. Battle the Hawks. St. Louis Battlehawks. Yep. Okay, so you're still hot on the Battlehawks. Still hot on the Battlehawks. You and know I'm biased. That's why I know I you're Seattle. biased. There's two things that give the edge. I'll say the less obvious one first and then going to the obvious one. And that's that the two losses accumulated by the Battlehawks were to the number one team in the XFL, the DC Defenders. And they were both one-score games. So how much stake are you going to really take into losing to the best twice? Like, I'm not having them as the best. But third best seems fitting, especially to a team that my number two point is they beat 
in Seattle. Okay. They proved they were already better on the field. So, what have you done for me lately? I mean, I guess that's fair. And and the Sea Dragons are streaking. Oh, we're streaking hard. We'll just have to see because. Dragons out, baby. They're they're dragging something and they want to drag it across your face, but we'll see. (laughs) But so those are our three and four, which will bring us up to where I think we're Six and five. Yeah, our five and six, which should put out pretty obvious. I have the Vipers ahead of the Brahmas because they have offensive playmakers. Like, they have playmakers. The Brahmas have a consistent units, but they don't have anybody that's going to carry anything. So I can't really have them too high because I, I I see the Vipers. The Vipers can beat anybody, I think. If that offense just gets cooking at the right time and the other offense is a bad game, Vipers can do it. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Especially with Perez under the uh, helm now. Under center. Hopefully he's back for good. And then I'll leave you to talk about the Renegades. I do love my helmet. The Renegades! Oh, have they earned their... They their... got a winning record again. They beat the Brahmas. And then when you look at it, in division's sake, they will be going to the playoffs. So playoff teams earn a little renegade. That's fair. The Renegades, what are we putting them at here, six? Or five? Uh, they'd be five. Okay, I was going to say my math, you know. Yeah, I see like, I'm, I'm comfortable putting them at six, too. I just don't think they're anything special. Do you think the Vipers are better than them? Kind of. I don't know... I mean, they I did, wouldn't be willing they to put money beat on the it. Vipers, but they needed two pick sixes. Yeah, and the Vipers are changed team now with win, so maybe you know, maybe they wouldn't. Maybe they would uh, turn things around. I don't know, that turnover hungry defense is just—they've done it to every team they. They do have a good defense. The problem is that they have no offense, but they have such a mediocre offense that allow them to score twelve points and win a game. Win three games. <laughs> <laughs> But all right, so our power rankings are a little disputed, but we got one DC Defenders, two Houston Roughnecks, three or four Sea Dragons or Battlehawks, five or six Vipers or Renegades, seven Brahmas, and then (laughs) rounding out the pack, it's your boys, the Orlando Guardians. If Cody Lattimore could go to a contender, things would be interesting. I see this man as having NFL talent. Bring him back. Tight end hungry teams, you're on notice. The Guardians, though, we must say that Quentin Dormady does look like the better of the Quintons. And Who's the other Quentin? Quentin Flowers. He's their other quarterback. I thought it was Paxton Lynch. No, he's their starting quarterback, Paxton Lynch. But they also have Quentin Flowers and now Quentin Dormady. I know, man. These are the stats, the stats you're going to get here on Behind the Sticks, man. <laughs> so many Quintons. We're so far behind the sticks that we know the people who just got signed off the XFL practice squad. <laughs> We're so behind the sticks, we know the backups, not the players. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that Dormandy looks like he could lead this team. So maybe, just maybe, Orlando will win a game soon, guys. We will let you know. I mean, You'll probably know before we do because we record these things on Wednesdays well after the games have been played. But, you know, just stay tuned. Stay tuned to see if the Guardians will pick up their first win. Maybe no teams will be winless. Check in and find out. And we'll be back after our last ad break here. Fourth and 15 coming up. Get those bets ready. Pull them wallets out. 
Get them stuffed. Get ready to lose some money. Woo, if you follow my bets, you just might. Last week we were so hot too. We were like, "Oh yeah, we're four and zero, bitches." We're from four and zero to five and three, real fast. Through three of my seasons. That's two. why the name of this episode will be "They Are Not Who We Thought They Were." It's fourth and fifteen, goddamn. All right, we're coming at you hot right after this. All right, well, ladies and gentlemen, we are back for our fourth and fifteen. Closing out the week strong here. This looks like it should be a relatively easy pick until we get to the Monday night game. That's right. First Monday night game of the XFL. I've been waiting all week for Monday night. Damn, man. I did not know that we had the artist who sings that song live here in our studio. And that was Michael McDonald uh, doing a rendition of, I think, Carrie Underwood sings it. I don't know, man. I mean, oh, Karen Underwood's definitely the Monday Night person now, I believe. All right, at least I know something. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, first game of the weekend will be Saturday at 1 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. The Seattle Sea Dragons are taking on the White Hot Orlando Guardians, coming off their fifth straight loss of the season. They're running out of losses to accumulate. <laughs> Um, they're giving nine and a half points to the Guardians. Uh, I still don't think they'll cover that. I know they, what was it, seven points they were given to the Guardians last week against the Vipers? And they did cover that. Dude, I don't know, man. I see this game, and every one of my, my brain cells goes, the Sea Dragons are going to win this game. <laughs> and then my gut is just like, Orlando! I don't know why, man. Something's telling me the Sea Dragons are going to Sea Dragon this game and lose. Oh, my God. I, I hope you're wrong. I don't know why. I I am not going to... Yeah, you know, I will. I will tell you to bet your money on this one. Bet it all. Put it all on but, black, guys. Yeah, the Guardians are not... They're going to cover this game. With the points, they're going to cover. All right, he's saying they'll cover. He's they'll not cover. saying they're going to win. I'm real tempted to say they're going to win. Real tempted, but, put it on the money but with, with, with nine and a half points in my pocket to have, I'll use them. So I would bet the guard. I just, something's telling me the Sea Dragons are going to Sea Dragon this, man. Josh Gordon's unhappy. Danucci's unhappy. They just won their Super Bowl. Oh, yeah, we beat the best team. We're so good. Maybe I, they kissed and made up this week. Until I see the lip-on-lip action, I won't believe it. I'm going Guardians. Take the points. That's a lot of points. That's a lot of points for a home team. Yeah. Well, I think we know that I'm going Seattle. Obviously, my dogs. And clearly, they're going to win by more than nine and a half. Clearly. The over-under is 42 and a half. I think we'll be breaking that as well. So, on to our next game here. St. Louis Battlehawks taking on the Vegas Vipers. I don't believe this is in St. Louis. That's in Vegas. Yeah. Which is weird that uh, the Battlehawks are only three-point favorites. Yeah, you think they'd be a little bit higher than that, considering they are much better than the Vipers. Which makes me think that uh, Vegas believes in themselves. It's weird, because Vegas is like the betting odds. That's what you're afraid of. So I just like looked up and I was like, oh yeah, Vegas believes in Vegas. God, something in me just wants to go all dogs this week for some reason. But I'm I like, wanted to go all dogs last week. 
But I, I don't think the Vipers showed me enough to really. Perez looks good, but I don't think he'd take down AJ. Yeah, he looked good against the Guardians, so I don't want to overhype them. I think I did that to the Brahmas, and it killed me a couple weeks. So I'm going to go Battlehawks. I'll say they'll cover the three. They'll be fine. Um, over under 44 and a half. It's a lot of points. Yeah, it is. Holy crap. Like, that's a lot of points, man. Unless, well, I guess they look at it like the Vipers would be scoring a lot of points. Yeah, but they looked at the same thing with the uh, the Sea Dragons and the Brahmas game, and that was under. So I think that's too many points. I'm going under. That's just a lot. Well, I think you're bum. I'm going St. Louis. Uh, they're definitely going to cover the three-point spread here, guys. And uh, definitely going with the over here. 44 and a half is a lot, but I got faith. Perez going to be slinging. AJ McCarron going to be dealing. We're going to have a big game here. That should be fun. Definitely one of the more exciting ones of the week. And I don't know if I gave my over-under for the first game, but I'm also going over on that one with the Guardians and the Sea Dragons. I think you did, but I'm glad we have it shored up now. I wasn't sure. Third game uh, is an absolute banger. It was the game so nice, they're making you watch it twice. <laughs> the Brahmas versus the Renegades. It's just the, the game, the matchup that keeps on giving. Rivalries were made for games like this. All right, well, do you think San Antonio will cover the three-point spread, seeing as they lost 12-10 to 10 last week? Are they out to prove something? I think they take the field goal this game. Yeah, and, and all, I think that's they still. I, I think, no, I think they still lose by but I... I think they can. I think I think the Brahmas lose straight up, but they cover three. Okay. There's a lot of points in how low scoring I think this game will be. But I it, I don't think it's gonna be a twenty two burger again. Dude, it can't be. That was so bad. I have but then again, I so, have nothing but the utmost faith but that it Sinnett's not playing either. Reed Sinnett's exactly. That could be even worse. Yeah, I'm going under. All their points were scored by him. I'm definitely taking the Renegades and I'm gonna take the Brahmas with the spread though. Um same. I'm going under 33. It's going to happen again. Every line's 40 plus, and this one's 33, and we're going under. That really shows you these teams. Yeah. Well, we can just skip Redhead because this is the most fun one that's going to happen all week. The Houston Roughnecks are going to be taking on the Snakes in Snake City, the DC Defenders. And you know there is one rule of this podcast. You can't bet against the snake. You can't bet against the snake. I got DC Defenders covering the two and a half points. Two and a half, wow. What about the over-under, 42? See, that's the part of this game that gets interesting. It's going to have to be over. There's no way. You think it's going to be over? Dude, both of these teams have really good defenses. And then if it happens what we think will, and the defenders kind of run them over... They might just like eat up clock and end up winning like twenty to fourteen or something, huh. and that would be under. And it would be mess. I think That's I went under a lot this week. I know, right? I think I went under a lot this week. I don't know why. I think that, I think it's because the lines are climbing up really high. Yeah. So I'm I'm gonna stay content with my under. I think it'll be under forty two. I don't think it'll be low scoring, but I think 42 is high for this for t- two teams with great defenses. Well, I uh, think the defenders are going to win as well. I think they will solidify their number one spot. I think they'll easily cut. Co- well, not easily, but I think they'll definitely cover the two and a half point spread. Over. I'm taking the over. You've been taking a lot of unders. I'm going to take a lot of overs. 
I think you've taken over on every game but the but the lowest line. That's yeah, because hilarious. I just know, damn it. I'm just an expert. I mean, that is a fair. sex expert for the sex FL. Oh, like it. <laughs> well, so what? We'll tune in. We'll get everyone's bets here. If you're on the Twitter, tweeted us. Tweeted us your bets. We are at Behind the Sticks XFL. Tweet your bet slips at us. We'll copy your parlays. We'll give you some parlays. As we say every week, talk shit on us. We'll respond. We're insecure. Just anything to get it going. If you want your name shout out on the podcast, I will give you my cash app. You can give me some money. I'll say your name. First person who contributed that was Edric Manny. You owe me $5. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, well, I think that puts uh, puts this week behind us on Behind the Sticks. I think so. All I right. think that was an excellent week of football, and I'm looking forward very much to this week as well. I, I feel the opposite. I feel like that week sucked, and the Brahmas are garbage. But I guess if your team beats the well, number I'm not one, looking... I guess if your team beats the number one team, it's a good week. I'm not My looking forward to another Brahmas Renegades matchup. Let me say that. Other than that match, the rest of the week looks pretty good here. Yeah, I am excited for... Especially Monday night. Monday night, 7 p.m., guys. 7 p.m. Eastern. Set your dials. It's probably going to be on ESPN. ESPN Plus, if you have the app, I highly recommend it. If you're paying for Disney Plus and Hulu separately, bundle them. I didn't, and it's like... Yeah, you get free ESPN Plus. That's dope. All right, well, in that case, we'll see you guys next week. Don't forget to tell all your moms about our hot podcast. Peace! If you've made it all the way through to this part, stay tuned for some awesome outtakes, courtesy of your boy Housetown. That That's a compelling out. interview. I'm gonna edit that part out so hard. <laughs> Hopefully, do, we're three and one again. How do we both be three and one? Because uh, you got the Defenders game right, and I got it wrong, and then I got the um, Sea Dragons game right, and you got it wrong, and then we got the Brahmas game right, and we got the Roughnecks game right. So that's three right and one wrong for each of us. Okay, well, crazy, I, right? Yeah, but your math—I don't know. Threw me off. I'm, I'm gonna cut this. This is not a math this is, podcast, this is where everybody. Now nah, we're keeping this in. It's not a math podcast, but we try our best here behind the sticks. It's not behind the numbers. I'm 100 this out. <laughs> <laughs> so, what were we talking about right before that? I don't know. I was talking about what the Browns were gonna win. Oh yeah.